This episode of The Cutting Room is sponsored by Grass Valley's Edia 6. Check out the new Edia 6 at www.grassvalley.com. What, in addition to the right equipment, does it take for the job of film editing? Welcome to The Cutting Room. I'm your host, Gordon Burkell. This is our Edit Fest Extras. It's just a short, quick podcast. It's extra parts from our interview with Josh Apter from Manhattan Edit Workshop. Tomorrow, I'll be tweeting during Edit Fest, as well as Saturday, I'll be tweeting. Also, if you're in New York on Sunday, you can join us at the OST Cafe at 1.30 p.m. for a coffee chat with editors from around the world. Whoever's really at Edit Fest and wants to chat about editing. And of course, if you want to get in touch with us, it's info at artoftheguillotine.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter and see our tweets, it's at artguillotine. Or you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash artguillotine. But that's editing. The elimination of all but the essential. One of the things about Tom Haneke was that he brought in the video and showed us how he cut the 25th anniversary of Woodstock, which I thought was fascinating. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because he Um, took us from first assembly, rough cut, you know, all the way to fine cut, mm -hmm. which is something very few people see in the documentary world, like editors trying to get into it. Yeah, actually, and it just gives you some insight into how much of a writer's role the editor takes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he really does... You know that's what he's building when he's in there. I mean, we just we're part of our part of the six week class that we're in right now. We're in the documentary portion of the class, okay. so we actually watched pieces from two of his films. One is is a piece on the Gunnery String Quartet called High Fidelity, mm-hmm. and another is called Second Time Around. And these are sort of difficult to find pieces, but the the amount of work, the amount of expression that is you know sort of conveyed through the construction through the editing mm-hmm. of these pieces is is phenomenal and. Um, you know, it's like you, you, we study we study things like that. They're like our textbooks here. Yeah. And so to watch, you know, and we look at Larry Silk's work also. And I think he was a part of American Dream. And there's a Johnny Cash documentary from 1968 called The Man, His World, His Music. Mm-hmm. That, um, you know, it's, it plays sort of like a home movie about Johnny Cash. It's a very almost, you know, pure verite film. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it, it excites me almost more than any other part of the class. <laughs> Because it's so much about what an editor can do when, when charged with the you know the job of writing. I was going to ask you later on, but because um, I wanted to talk to you about Manhattan Edit Workshop, because you guys have a very unique approach to education, um, something that many people or many schools aren't doing now. And I was wondering how I guess could you elaborate on how you guys go about educating the next generation of editors? You know, I think what's most important to us is to not focus too much on the technology, mm-hmm. you know, because really it's just a means to an end. I think from a technical standpoint, you know, uh, it's certainly important to understand them. You, you know, I guess familiarity with the tools allows you to express yourself more easily mm-hmm. and more completely. So it's certainly part of what we teach, but, you know, just as important is to watch films and deconstruct films and to understand you know, the origins of, in terms of documentary, understanding the trajectory from a film like Nanak of the North mm-hmm. up to, you know, contemporary documentaries and, you know, everything that came in between and the different movements in there. So there's a sort of a, um, a cinema studies angle to understanding editing mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's vital. You know, I think if you don't understand where this stuff comes from, it's very hard to, I guess, your work is less informed. Mm-hmm. Maybe if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, you're... you're reinventing the wheel a lot of times 
And mm-hmm. if you've understood the history, you've seen mistakes, you've seen what works, you, you've seen see what doesn't. This next part is actually going to be, we just came out of how do you top the last couple of years of EditFest, and this is Josh's answer. But you, you bring in, if, if, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're bringing in like the Back to the Future editors and all these yep. amazing editors who mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just really excited to see, especially the Back to the Future team. Yeah, I, you know, this is, this is Harry uh, Karamidis. Yes. Who did all the three Back to the Future films. I mean, those are, you know, those are films that everyone really knows. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's great. He's actually going to bring in, um, we're going to digitize some acetate projection overheads mm-hmm. that they used in terms of, like, building scenes. And, uh, you know, he has a very in-depth um, talk that he wants to give. It's very planned out in terms of the architecture of, the, of those films. Well, it'll be fascinating because the films reference back, and he almost had to recut uh, the opening scene in part two. So, like, part mm-hmm. two's scene replicates the end of the first one. Right. And it had exactly. to match identically, and but it's slightly different and Especially when uh, Leah Thompson, uh, yeah. no, no, it wasn't her. It was um, Elizabeth Shue <laughs> replaced um, uh, you know, the actress who played um, Michael J. Fox's yeah. girlfriend in the first one. I guess she was no longer famous enough to uh, <laughs> to be involved in the films. But um, you know, it's it's obviously there's no getting over that continuity error, except to have a like a deep voice being like the part of Marty McFly's girlfriend will now be played by Elizabeth Shue. Uh, you know, so. It you know somehow I guess maybe that was it, through the flux capacitor and alternate realities. Mm-hmm. He actually started dating a uh, more attractive woman. <laughs> well, they're gonna uh, have to do that with Transformers too. <laughs> what, what, who's got switched in Transformers? Uh, they got rid of um, uh, Megan Fox. Oh, I thought she just decided not to come back. They got rid of her. Uh, well, she says she left, and they say they fired her. So, well, that was it for our Edit Fest extras. You can join me tomorrow on Twitter at at Art Guillotine. You can email me at info at artofthegeotine.com. Or, of course, you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash artguillotine. I'd like to thank Josh After, my producer, Lauren Woodcock. I'm your host, Gordon Burkell. Thanks for listening. <laughs>